this is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, barely hanging on for the end of our mm-hmm. uh, little stint before we go on hiatus. <laughs> I know, you're prepping for a vacation, finally getting out of here, um, going to see how the other world's handling corona, I guess. I guess. This, like... I mean, you know me, you've known me long enough. Like, I like to plan <laughs> things. I like things organized. This yeah. is the most chaotic vacation I have ever been on or, like, I'm planning to go on. Uh, and it's two weeks in four countries in Europe. <laughs> like, it's just every – I didn't know whether things were going to be open or not. Like, things are changing on the yeah. daily. So I was like, I can't really – like book things or prepare things. Like I was supposed to go to Amsterdam and then that got, now I can't. So then I had to reroute everything. So truly it's going to be like a fly by night sort of endeavor. And then my boss was gone for three weeks on vacation and he just got back, but I'm leaving tomorrow. So I turned in like three weeks worth of pieces and he's like, okay, I'm going to get you all the edits before you leave. So I'm just like, oh my Ugh. gosh, like swamped. I'm going to get awful. on the plane and just like fall asleep for six hours. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to see your adventures and um, live vicariously through your uh, globe-trotting Instagrams. But alas, I'll just be here. <laughs> I mean, you were in Alaska recently. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Perspective matters. Um, but I'm curious to see how you you what you've garnered from this week of pop news because I I was coming up short. Gotta be I mean, I feel like the big thing that happened was the Met Gala, which seems like it's a while, <laughs> yes. a while ago, but that, that was, uh, but I guess it it was happening last Monday, so while we were recording. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That may, That's right. Okay. And perfect. there's like 40 different things attached to the Met Gala we can talk about, so. <laughs> I'd love to hear your take on the Met Gala. So this year's theme was uh, <laughs> In America a lexicon of fashion and usually the Met Gal is in May it is a giant like celeb studded evening that they use to open <laughs> the fashion design exhibit for the year uh, that didn't happen last year because of COVID obviously so they bumped the one that was supposed to be this spring to the fall and now it's like a two-part exhibit so there'll be another one of these in may with the same theme i believe which is interesting we have to see another american theme yes which but it's weird because the theme was in america which you would think would you'd get like a lot of i don't know like red white and blue or something but basically no everybody was just like oh this theme is an excuse to wear like literally normal clothes like whatever we want to wear (laughs) And so I feel like there was not a really unified vision of what people were wearing. It was just sort of like random weird things. You think people generally did worse um, keeping to this theme than they have in past themes? Because I feel like camp was equally like haphazard. Like I feel like the Met, you have like 70% of people who just show up in whatever fancy ball gown they can get. And then people who really try to do the theme. And I feel like this year you saw some you saw some cowboy elements you saw some jean <laughs> some denim you saw a lot of a lot of red white and blue and you saw a lot of um uh, american designers so it wasn't necessarily jaw dropping but i felt like generally it kept with the trend of how many people cared about a met gala theme i don't know i, I feel like if you 
in some years past, if you like showed me the lineup of outfits and said like, what's the theme? Mm. I feel like you could get somewhat close to it. Like the religious theme or even the camp theme. Like you might not have said camp, but you would have been like, okay, this is like a lot of neon colors. It's a lot of like big, weird, like is the theme (laughs) carnival? Is the theme, you know, it's like, I feel like you could have guessed something where this, I feel like you like, a hundred years I wouldn't have come up with America <laughs> as a theme or, or I would because America is so broad that it like can fit yeah. everything. <laughs> it's just lazy people who think they deserve a ticket at the table just because of, you know, who they are. So I feel like that was on brand, but yeah, it was a little more subtle, a little more, um, uh, you know, decided by the audience rather than the attendees. Cause I think like people were like, Oh, Kim Kardashian, she's saying like, this is a statement on how black bodies made America and like the, the forgotten people uh, at America's feet. And then she was like, what's more American than a t-shirt? Well, the other thing with, with the celebrity, it's like the designers who buy the tables at the Met Gala and then they get to pick which celebrities sit there. And so they get to dress the celebrities. Mm. So, but then obviously like big name celebrities are going to have, input sort of in what they're wearing or what their look is so it's always interesting <laughs> to be like okay who, like who is the like who is driving this train on some of these outfits because it's Ooh, like yeah. sometimes they're real basic and you're like would the celebrity not do something weirder or was the designer like no this is what i want to do i feel like <laughs> kim kardashian you can say what you want about her Yes. She will come to the Met Gala wearing something ridiculous. Like some of these people are not game for that or it's or they their people aren't dressing them. Kim Kardashian will come wearing bizarre things. And that I at least appreciate from her. <laughs> I don't know what this like black full-on face mask, long ponytail veil thing was necessarily or if it's it was a saying anything. But That's literally what she said, well, Matt. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, yeah, but uh, she said it's a T-shirt. Did, but it was she, like she didn't like who who put who picked this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Kim Kardashian's always been pretty involved in her looks, so I'm sure. I mean, it also reminds you of Donda and the Donda events that she yes. at and the the Kanye West um, next lineup of fashion. So his influence remains even in their divorce. So I had no patience for that look at all. <laughs> I just remember like she had the year where she was in that like wet look. She had oh, the yeah, like armor great. look year. There was mm, the year where she was great. in the giant like floral thing when she was pregnant. Like I, I have to respect her for being game for doing weird things. <laughs> you know, I really did love Kendall's look and I hate that I have to give her props because it was a clear homage to Audrey Hepburn and the My Fair Lady, which I think was a nice subtle nod to America and, you know, culture and all that, but also allowed her to get away with being hot on the red carpet. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like a weird mix of things that I was like, oh, that's weird, but I'll allow it. And oh, that's pretty. So I'll, I'll justify it. <laughs> I feel like we need themes that are like maybe slightly more like drag race uh, themes. <laughs> 
how specific do those get? I mean, sometimes they get very specific, but but I feel like I would love a year where it's just like the theme is a certain color or like the theme. I feel like the mm. religious, I think the, the religious year is the best year so far or mm. in recent memory. It's like, it was an easy theme in that you knew what it was. You didn't like, there weren't people who were really like trying to go too many different directions with it. But then at the same time within that theme, there's a lot of, places you can go you know what i mean like right well what comes first the the theme or the exhibit you know what i mean like obviously they kind of are well, yeah. intertwined because because the, the theme is, is the exhibit theme. so uh, yeah <laughs> but so i think that that they need to could they do an exhibit that's like oh shades of blue you know what i mean they like, could, what would that they could what exhibit do, would that be they could easily do an exhibit that was shades of blue <laughs> Okay, Cerulean, okay, okay. Yeah, the exhibit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, so I was talking with friends about this, and I was at the Met a couple of years ago, and they had a gallery that was like parks in Paris, and they just pulled their work from all of the other galleries that were basically people painting mm. different parks in Paris. And it was like one of the most beautiful exhibits I'd ever seen, just because it was all like this greenery and very like lush, but in painted in so many different styles. And I feel like, yeah, if you pick something that's like a little bit more specific, you get to see everyone's interesting takes on it without it being like so... uh vague that people can just like almost ignore right. it and and do it you know if the theme is green you gotta wear green like you could there's different shades there's so many different ways you can go with that but it's like at least there is a specific theme yeah well maybe next next year's theme can be like covid or um, <laughs> yes Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls well I was gonna say that's another <laughs> part of this that we can talk about <laughs> yeah please give the uh <laughs> the idiot's guide to this situation so at some point it uh, did Nicki minaj uh come forward with her statement first or did people realize that she wasn't there i can't remember exactly how it well she's always transpired. been a feature she's been a good yes. she's been one of those people who show up and go balls to walls type thing um but so people were like, why aren't you here? Where are you? Where are you? And so she was just casually tweeting, you know, just the low key afternoon. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm not there. I wanted to stay with my child, I think, or her, I don't know. She said some excuse. But then she also did another tweet where she was like, um, plus they they required vaccination and I'm not vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated for some party. And she's like, honestly, I'm still I'm still deciding. I'm still researching. Like, do your own research. <laughs> And then she shared the sad, tragic story of her cousin's friend in Trinidad who who took the vaccine. He got swollen balls and his wife left him at the altar, um, which is just just yes. truly bonkers information. Yeah, she tweeted, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles <laughs> became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl <laughs> called off the wedding. So you're like, oh, like of all uh... of the of all of the reasoning that I've heard for not getting the vaccine, this does seem at least uh, like it does make sense on a certain level. But then of course people <laughs> like, 
in the in that this is the like it's an actual uh well, for Matt, health. well, well if but, he hadn't if he hadn't been vaccinated matt wouldn't be getting vaccinated now not that there's a threat of impotence no mm. that's not what i'm saying <laughs> What I'm saying is people have all kinds of strange excuses that are like, well, I'm like not sure about the science of the thing or like, well, like a freedom, blah, blah, blah. At least at least she's pointing to a specific incident, supposedly, of someone who got the vaccine and got sick. However, however, continuing on with the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like Trinidad health minister and the whole like um nation's uh department of health was like who like who is this we have we have no record of this and so went on a sort of quest around the country and this is an island trying to figure out who this person was who supposedly um got covid and then had their testicles swell up and they became impotent and then didn't get married and they could find no record of this person and so it's very quickly uh become like well uh if if this is a real thing and this is why you don't want to get the vaccine like then where like step forward and to this point there has no evidence that this person exists or that they had this response to COVID. And well, so it's literally impossible that they had this response to COVID. Well, right, exactly. And then all the scientists got out and were like, yeah, we have <laughs> no evidence of this. Like this isn't happening. Like these body systems aren't even connected in this way. Like this makes absolutely no sense. So then, uh, so at that point, yeah, it's like, okay, I don't know what Nicki Minaj is doing. I don't know if somebody just told well, her this or if she is like trying to come up with excuse that she doesn't think that people are going to be able to vet. <laughs> no, I think she's 100% deflecting from the news stories that would have been coming out about her because she, again, is uh, engaged or dating a convicted rapist who, whose victim has been suing him for harassment because Nicki Minaj, her team, his family, and him have been harassing her to withdraw the... Um, the suit and the accusation so that he doesn't have to register as a sex offender, thus making his and Nicki Minaj's address public information. And so I really have zero patience for Nicki Minaj. And I think she knew exactly what she was doing and the way she's talked about this continuously continuously after the Met Gala and how she's been on Twitter. She's been on Instagram being like, oh my gosh, you guys leave my family alone. LOL, you guys. I didn't say that's why I didn't get the vaccine. Read my tweets. Oh my gosh, you guys. Like, Let's keep talking about this. Let's keep spinning this discourse, even though supposedly my family in Trinidad's getting death threats and whatever is clearly like because the other news about her would be a lot less pleasant, a lot less tongue in cheek, a lot less cutesy um, late night show jokes and <laughs> YouTube videos and TikToks about like zany little Nikki and her crazy cousin in Trinidad. So you think that like her and her PR team worked up this entire thing to distract from the. Oh, I mean, I guess not to that specific of a degree, but I'm sure she was happy to see this spiral out. When, I mean, do I think that her cousin heard this story from this man? That's highly plausible. Like people are cuckoo over this vaccine. And it sounds like the friend just had a STD or something that caused his wife to leave him. And he was like, oh, it's because I got a shot a week ago for the vaccine. And so all my guys beware, you know, like that's the scenario Mm -hmm. I'm picturing. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that Nicki Minaj isn't 
isn't mad about the fact that this came out the day before um, the woman was suing her BF. So, Well, then there was a whole in, uh, wrinkle in it where she claimed that the White House had invited her to the White House to <laughs> attend some kind of like seminar Q&A thing uh, with Dr. Fauci. And the White House was like, we did not invite her to the White House. We like go. said that we would... Uh, answer her questions if she wanted to like hop on the phone for a call and then she was like well no they did invite me and I said that I couldn't go and so that's why we're doing the call now or a Facebook live and I was like can you imagine a Facebook live between Nicki Minaj and Dr. Fauci like (laughs) honestly uh, that's like something that I would maybe tune into just because (laughs) of the ridiculousness of it but no but ridiculousness is the is the culprit of so much false information like there's so many so many resources have been diverted to talk about how ball swelling isn't a symptom of a vac- of a vaccine and it's like is that really uh, whatever it's fine it's you know the world's burning everyone needs to find their joy where they can but at th- at that's this, not it for at me at this point at this point I don't think that Nicki Minaj's like cousins balls or whatever are are changing anyone's mind about getting the vaccine. Like we, there's a nut, there's so much information out there about it and it's been out so long and there's so many people who have it. If people at this point don't want to get the vaccine, it's it's not because they are not like they don't have access to good information. It's because they like willfully don't want to look at it or have like made up their own mind separate of themselves. I mean, people are still getting it weekly, so someone's mind is changing somewhere, but... I guess that is true. (laughs) Although now people are starting to get boosters, so... Oh, yes. (laughs) That's a whole whole other thing. We've got to move on. I'm going to get salty. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to talk about another source of tension in the pop culture world, which is this Rolling Stones top 500 songs of the history of music. Oh, yes. (laughs) What the... F was this. <laughs> so they did this back in 2004, just like the, the 500 greatest songs of all time. Um, I don't remember how they did the scoring then. Obviously, we have to keep in mind that these lists are in, inspired to create click. Like that's all they care about, right? Like it's not like they think they've actually solved the the riddle of like the greatest song on earth. But the way they said they did it is that um, they convened a poll of 250 people in the industry, whether that's musicians, artists, producers, or like critics and journalists. Um, They asked each of these 250 to send them a ranked list of their top 50 songs. And then they tabulated the results. Um, And so the difference between the 2004 list and the the 2021 list, um, there were 180 songs that that stayed on the list, I think. So 254 new songs entered the chat and people immediately (laughs) were up in arms over their favorites and their, their hated ones getting top spot. But I guess to give an overview, um, the, their top three after this very scientific study is Aretha Franklin, Franklin's respect at number one, public enemies fight the power at number two and Sam Cook's uh, change is going to come at, at number three i looked at this <laughs> list like very briefly let me pull it up just yeah I, I feel like i will say this in my like initial or sort of in my thinking like okay like what are these gonna be i was surprised at the number of uh, either like 
newer songs or songs not by white people that were in the like top 50 because I was imagining a list that was all like Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Nirvana and you know like that kind (laughs) of stuff yes that you would think there and there was a lot yeah like Aretha Franklin uh, Beyonce Robin Outkast sort of stuff in the top but yeah like I feel like song is too narrow of a of a field because it's like there's hundreds of songs that you could easily make an argument for should be the best or could be the best song of all time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> like there's lots of songs that you could say this is the greatest song of all time and people I mean like obviously people will argue with you but it would like be a uh, a uh, acceptable acceptable and so yeah like lord royals number 30 like okay i don't like (laughs) mm, i have like is that that good like has it been a lot around for that long like i think i don't know is in the top 50 um which i mean carly Rae jepson uh prophet of our time it is strange to see billy holiday strange fruit at 21 and then robin dancing on my own at 20 it's like uh, (laughs) those songs are bringing very different things to the table (laughs) i mean a lot of people accuse this of being like woke or um you know just like bye to the boomers basically like elvis is suddenly not on the list but then you have gasolina by daddy yankee higher than hey jude by john lennon um oh yeah, yeah missy like- <laughs> elliott get your freak on is number eight <laughs> yeah. i would argue that's not even the best missy elliott sign <laughs> yeah and like i think um yeah i think originally imagine was in the top five but now it's like in the in oh yeah the it's lower yes i just went past it so a lot of people are mad one about the concept and two basically about the uh, ranking which i feel like they should have just said here's a here's the top 500 and like just enjoyed the 500 songs instead of trying to rank them because that is just like <laughs> nonsensical at a certain point and like you can argue all day about the influence that outcast had on versus um marvin gay or the beatles versus nirvana and it's like i think everyone's coming with a different you know there's so many like branches that have happened because of certain songs and the musical influence and all this sort of stuff so it's hard to be like well if you tabulate it like taylor swift is better than this like it's just like hard to really (laughs) i feel like that they should have i mean and i think they probably have also done this but i feel like a list of albums is better and more last year like it's easier to pick apart and sort of like rank an album i think um i mean i do like their methodology at least of like okay we're gonna take we're gonna survey a lot of people and then sort of like tabulate rather than just have our board of like you know 10 editors or whatever come up with the list but also yeah that does it just leads to it being very chaotic and very like what song is on your mind because if you asked me to come up with a list of my top favorite 50 songs now and then asked me again in a month, I guarantee you that the song list would be like at least half different just oh, because yeah. like you're not remembering things like random stuff is popping into your head. Like, yeah, it's like 
you and I both made our top 100 films of all time, I think. And sometimes I'll look back at that and be like, oh, yeah, no, that needs to move off of that list right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think movies are are, like there's less of them. They're there's more of a rubric of like what is a good movie versus what is a bad movie where a song that is not a thing at all that's interesting i wonder if there really are less movies in the world than songs oh my gosh 100 percent. because if you think about like every new music friday there's like mm, dozens of albums guess, and all yeah, of these too albums many people have, are creating have, <laughs> well but i mean like think of like okay th- just think of this like number of songs that taylor swift has written versus number of movies that you know florence Pugh is in or whoever <laughs> Joe I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's like the difference is insane you can write a song you can yeah. write and produce a song in a day a movie takes years to make um, right. But there's lots of parts of a movie where you can say like, okay, well, the acting wasn't good. The directing wasn't good. The set would look cheap. The, you know, those kind of things. Where the music, like, I guess you can kind of do that, but it's not, it's like if it's a song, like the person probably like who's playing the guitar, like, you know, they're, they're doing it right for the song. Right. It's not like they're, it's not like you can nitpick a lot of things. Like, I guess you could say like, well, the vocals aren't as strong, but it's like they can auto tune that. Also, it's not like people <laughs> aren't hitting notes in finished songs. They're just like, maybe not right. as strong as singer as a different singer. Like, so <laughs> I mean, who's to say that call <laughs> me maybe is not a better song than. Hey Jude. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> one's a lot more listenable um but that's all the news i had did you have something else you wanted to talk about um i mean just that i saw that the activist tv show got retooled and it's now just going to be a documentary which we had talked about last week but 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 otherwise julia and julian huff had to come out and be like guys i know i'm not an activist okay (laughs) she's like but i do do a healthcare yoga i'm sorry about the black face whatever thing yes Mm mm-hmm um well i'm excited for this week's love it or hate it because um a new show dropped on technically fx but it's available on the fx hulu partnership and it's called why the last man have you heard of this or watched it i have not heard anything about this. oh my goodness let me tell you so basically it's it's based on a comic but the premise is that one day every single living creature on earth with a y chromosome just drops dead so all the men just die which means suddenly you know the government's more than half empty all these like major professions such as you know farming production uh travel like all of this is suddenly like without experts and so the comic is featured on the one surviving man who doesn't know why he like he doesn't know why he and his monkey survived but they're the only the only remaining uh, male uh, with the Y chromosome walking the earth. And so the comic, I guess, is more like, it's from the 2000s. It's it's more like, you know, like male feministy, but also very centered on his cis mm-hmm. whiteness and wandering the earth and having sex and talking about weird uh, explanations for how this could have happened. But the show takes a lot more like realistic, dark approach. Um, the pilot alone was super gruesome because it builds up to this moment where everyone just starts bleeding out and you just watch the trauma inflicted across the world. Um, and it is like really good. They dropped the first three episodes and now it's rolling out on a week by week um, schedule. So it stars Diane Lane, who sort of takes over as president after 
all the cabinet has like basically died. And so she's just a high ranking senator. Um, and it follows her and sort of her family because her her son is the one who turns out to be the last man. Um, her daughter has gone on the run since this traumatic event happened and she can't find her. And there's also a secret agent that was supposed to be brought in for a mission, but was never briefed. And then all of her commanding officers died. And so now she's just like, okay, I'll do whatever you ask me, president. Like I report to you. Amber Tamblin plays a conservative mother, sort of based on the Megan McCain <laughs> character. She does a great, horrifically good job. Um, and so it seems like it's it's going to build up to this tension in like how to how to keep the country running, how to how to deal with all these people's one just you know PTSD, but also these conflicting parties who are like, well conservatives still have a voice here you don't just get to do whatever you want just because all the men suddenly died and so it's been really good i think the acting is strong the the production value is really high there's a lot of interesting shots and the showrunner is a woman and the entire writer's room is women and all the directors for at least the first six episodes are women so I think it's great that they took this original idea and really focused on, well, actually, yes, let's answer that provocative question and like look at what would happen if all the men disappeared. Um, it's definitely a more nuanced take on gender as well because the comic didn't really know how to handle transgender um, characters in the story, but here they already have introduced it in a more interesting sort of way. And so I'm curious to see how it'll go. I'm excited for it. I think they, I think they already have like a deal for two seasons. Um, so it'll be nice to let it just like grow naturally. And so I'm all in and it's kind of an interesting, uh, choice of entertainment these days. <laughs> it's, it's odd. I feel like it's strange that I have heard nothing about this show. I, know. I heard about it on TikTok from like a, I think like a Marvel person. I saw And I once. guess I'm not like in the subways as much. So maybe they are running ads for it. And I just like haven't seen but yeah. Okay, my question always in these kind of like premisey like last man on earth kind of mm-hmm. shows is like, not if it's like only one, but just like when you have like the dwindling population shows right. is like, wouldn't everyone just be very focused on like, um, having kids or aren't they or are they sort of like moved on from that point of view? Well, I mean, I guess the problem is there are no men currently. There was a random throwaway line where the Amber. Oh, so there's not the one like, guy. He's not in. This. Well, he's not. He is. But no one knows about him because obviously they'll think the the president is like, oh, it has to be a secret because otherwise people will think I somehow manage this whole thing to happen so I could become president and my son would be the one to survive type thing. Oh, it's the president's son who's the one? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that is fishy. And so, not that they were close. Like, it's all just sort of like, they just barely found him in the last, like, their cr- paths just crossed in the last hmm. episode. Okay. So it's all, like, coming together very slowly. And I think there's just a lack of clarity on, like, well, where do we go from here? And so some of the conservative women are like, the most important thing is the sperm banks. Like we have to, (laughs) we have to save the sperm. And so, yes, I think that will become an interesting angle. But right now the issue is more like, for instance, like New York lost clean water and they're trying to like, you know, there's all these dead bodies and they have no power to like move these dead bodies out. And so I think just like the, the nitty gritty of like how that Mm -hmm. world would run is interesting to me. Yeah. 
Yes, I guess I guess that is the more imminent issue. I'm like I'm imagining some some sort of like reverse <laughs> Handmaid's Tale thing where it's like, okay, well you're the one guy. You just basically have to like sleep with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! We have not reached that part, but it might be coming in. Yeah, I mean that season two. I mean, I feel like you either have to be like, okay, we are the last of the world, and we're just like all going to like die and be okay with that, and there's not going to be any more humans, or you're like, okay, we gotta like get going like let's make some (laughs) babies here um my speaking of babies my i love it is the new lil nas x album that just came out i don't know why but i'm just having like such a music moment this fall i feel like all (laughs) like everybody who i like is coming out with new albums i'm buying concert tickets like left right and center which i don't normally do i usually hate concerts but i just bought dua lipa <laughs> tickets i'm like i gotta save money because lil nas x tickets are gonna be coming yes. out at some point but that anyways, your solitude would change a person i know, know? who knew <laughs> i love this album so much it's so good and i think it does a good job of Uh, sort of pointing to why the Olivia Rodrigo album strategy of like crank something out as quickly as possible is not always the best move. Like Lil Nas X obviously Mm. had Old Town Road and he has waited quite some time to finally release a full album. And it is, I think, very well done. The like messaging and the branding of it, I think is really great. He's obviously had a nice slow buildup with the string of music videos and songs that have done really well. The album as a whole is very cohesive, but also has some like different moods and vibes to it. I really like all of the sort of LGBT representation that he is bringing um, to the music videos, to the songs, to the lyrics and yeah, it's just very listenable. Also, the the new song, um, That's What I Want, that had the new music video that was released with the album, is so good. It's <laughs> so catchy. I've listened to it like a bazillion times on repeat. Like, uh, And the music video is horny and also <laughs> very good. So I did. I listened to it on the way to the farmer's market. So really good vibes. But um. I thought it was good too. I I didn't get through the whole thing, but it was like, I mean the album itself, Um, but it's a fun one. I think he's an interesting artist to watch and I've liked his trajectory from, you know, going from closeted to being like, you know, I am going to be out and I'm going to be proud and you can just deal with it. And he's very funny online. He's very, his Twitter is great. Refreshing. Yeah. Just sort of this, like, (laughs) I love watching him get into, Twitter wars with the conservatives. So it's, it's been good for him. <laughs> well, also whoever, like whoever is in charge of his marketing is doing yeah. a great job because they are really like leaning into the curve and yeah. <laughs> just like every video, every performance is immaculate. I think it helps that he seems game for everything and is also a very good dancer. So it's like mm-hmm. they can, put him in situations that certain other artists like can't really handle to the same degree. And he's very charismatic, but, um, but yeah, I, I love him. He's I'm obsessed. It's great. I know who would have thought old town road would lead him here. <laughs> I, I mean, old town road was a bop. So <laughs> I did love that song too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I am glad you get to see some more concerts and I, I hope you get the little Nas tickets too. Um, but we will be doing a, the final episode on Thursday. Will be our Emmy reactions, talking about <laughs> the um, 
the show and uh, the groundbreaking moments that we all got to witness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but you can follow us on social media. We're at PS You're Wrong. Um, we'll be having a bonus episode on our Patreon uh, later in the month. So if you miss Matt and I after this week, you'll be able to enjoy those musings. Um, but is there anything else uh, in this last PCR before you? No, no, I'll see you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll see you on Thursday and then I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Okay, bye. <laughs>